Hello everyone, I'm Yvonne Edoutu and this is Beautiful Mind Podcast. Hey guys, how are you doing? Welcome to today's episode where I'll be sharing four things I learned from the book of Joshua. In my pilot episode, I told you all that I love to talk about faith, and by faith, I mean my Christian faith. I'm not a pastor or a preacher, I just want to share what I learned with you all. Are there any books in the Bible you study over and over, and each time you get something new? That's the book of Joshua for me. So, this last time I read the book of Joshua, I brought out four points, and I'd love to share with you guys. Keep listening. Number one is to be strong and courageous. This phrase was stated four times in Joshua chapter one. God repeats this instruction in verses six, seven, nine, and 18. Prior to this instruction, the Lord assures Joshua of his presence telling him he would never leave him nor forsake him. Then he instructs Joshua to be strong and courageous, to not be terrified or discouraged. So if Joshua assumes this was a simple instruction, by the third time, he knows it has become a big deal. You know when your parent calls you like three times, it means you're in serious trouble, but they really need you to appear as soon as possible. But here, jo- and here God is just instructing Joshua so he knows that this is very very important i had to go check the meaning of courage real quick and according to the dictionary courage means the mental or moral strength to venture persevere and withstand danger fear or difficulty it occurred to me that god already knows that you and i need to be strong and courageous to survive in this world i need to walk around or you need to walk around remembering that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And this should bolster you up to step out to do a lot of things. I personally always think that I should know something will succeed by at least 80% before I get out to do it. I feel, why should I waste my time if I can't tell from the start whether it's gonna succeed or not? But in sincerity, it just means I lacked courage and that I need a lot of that. So in chapter five, when other kings heard of how the Lord dried up the Jordan, their hearts melted and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. If I define my own heart melting, it will be when I start to freak out. I get overwhelmed and fearful. It becomes crippling. Now I know the antidote to this feeling is to ask the Holy Spirit for strength and courage because that can be a real chicken. The end result of being bold and courageous is you do it. You do that thing that scares you or that thing that you're actually meant to do. You even become so courageous that you make bold utterances like Joshua did in chapter 10 verse 12. Joshua said to the Lord in front of Israel that the sun stand still over Gibeon. And guess what? The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Almost a full day. So is Joshua the greatest of all times or nah? Of course he is. The Bible even says that there has never been a day like it before when the Lord 
listened to a man. The second point is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Joshua sent two men to go spy on Jericho. And these spies stayed at the house of Rahab the prostitute. And I'm talking about chapter 2 of Joshua. Rahab knew the identity and revealed to the spies that a great fear of the Israelites had come upon her and her fellow countrymen. She explained that the fear came from her people hearing her people hearing how the Israelites' God brought them out of Egypt and destroyed the two Amorite kings. But wait for this. But apart from the fear, she also said that the hearts of her people melted and their courage failed. Courage failing. Imagine, God was instructing Joshua to be bold and courageous, knowing fully well that the other side had no more courage. Imagine if Joshua chickened out. He had no idea what was going on in the minds of the people of Jericho. But ahead of him were people that a great fear had come upon and no more courage. Wow. God couldn't tell him already. I mean, there wouldn't be fun in that. God just kept encouraging him to be bold and courageous. Now, this is the part I want you to listen closely to. Rahab goes on to say, For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Rahab was a prostitute. Her people had no knowledge of God, apart from them hearing of the miracles. And she uttered those words as if she knew, as if they all knew God personally. You and I know God, and so we know this to be true. But imagine a whole country of prostitutes, and they all know that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. My dad drew my attention to this particular verse because he said it could be added to a prayer point. And he encouraged me to meditate on it, personalize it, and declare it at all times. So I want to encourage you guys, put your name in it and declare it as many times as possible. Let me show you how. For the Lord, Yvonne's God, is God in heaven above and on the earth below. And so I declare that this will happen. I'm praying about this. You know, have to do it. The Lord, my God, is God in heaven and on the earth below. The third point is the hand of the Lord is powerful. Whenever I think of Joshua, one of the prominent things that happened in his time was the wall of Jericho falling down. That was huge, but I often never remember the miracle of the Israelites crossing the Jordan in the lowest of keys. Until the Holy Spirit drew my attention to this sometime early last year when I was reading my Bible. Joshua prepared the minds of the Israelites for this particular miracle by telling them to consecrate, to consecrate themselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among them. Here's an aside. I get the feeling, especially when reading this particular book, that whenever I see the Lord said to Joshua, it seems to me like it's very like it's a whisper, it's very intimate and very gentle conversation. Like God is in uttering or yelling. It's just a simple conversation, like me talking to you guys. Something like that. Okay? But that's an aside. The instruction from God was that as soon as the men carrying the Ark of the Covenant set their foot into the water, the water flowing downstream will be cut off and it will stand in a heap. And that exactly happened. And no sooner had the feet of the priests carrying the Ark touched the ground, no sooner. This is instant touching the ground. The waters returned to their place and came back rushing at flood. It was like real quick, the waters stepped aside and then they came back. But what struck me here was the main reason for this particular miracle. 
In verse 24, it says, It was so that the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. And so that you and I, you and I, may always fear the Lord your God. That's it. Just to let you know, just to remind you, whatever you're going through, just to let you know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. For all the peoples of the earth include all the Israelites that lived that time. And everybody present on earth now, for all of us living on earth, we're never to forget that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Wow. So this is the very last point. Number four is you become vulnerable to attacks when you disobey. So if you've read the book of Joshua, you have an idea of how the walls of Jericho fell down flat. God's instruction to the Israelites to not take any devoted things out of the out of Jericho. And if you've read the book of Joshua, you have an idea of God's instructions to the Israelites. So now as the walls of Jericho came down, God had already instructed them not to keep any devoted things to themselves and all that. But then you know the Israelites are human beings, so they defaulted along the way. And this brought destruction on their heads. In chapter 7, Achan stole the devoted things and he implicated the whole nation. The Israelites went to fight and they lost the battle to the men of Ai. But in verse 12, God stated that the Israelites had lied and stolen. But he further explained what the Israelites had done, which is that their earlier, their earlier actions had made them liable to destruction. If you ever read any agreements, you know you always say the word liable. It just means you're susceptible to, to making payment for something, to being punished for something. So here in the Bible, the Lord said that what Achan did and what the Israelites did in court had made them liable to destruction. And then it, it struck me that disobedience to God exposes you, exposes your vulnerability to your enemies and the devil. Look at the Israelites and see how they lost the battle of Ai just because of what Achan did. I've come to know that obedience is key to building a relationship with God. God just gives you the instructions, just obey. I believe obedience to God is a sign of respect. It's almost the highest form of respect. So, in my Christian walk, I'm encouraged from both the Old and New Testament of the importance of listening to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. I'll struggle here and there, just like you will, but then it's always good to come back to, to what you know that you should listen to the Holy Spirit. So, here's a recap of the episode. So, here's a quick recap. Number one is to be strong and courageous. Number two is for the Lord your God is God in heaven and above and on earth below. Number three is for the hand of the Lord is powerful. And number four is you're vulnerable to attacks when you disobey God. Thank you for listening to the end of this episode. I hope you are encouraged and never forget that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Please don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'll see you on my next episode.